please remain standing for the reading of God's word this morning from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. Isaiah 9, 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, and the staff for his oppressor, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. It's God's word for his people today. You may be seated. Let's pray once again and ask for God's help. So, Father, we do humbly bow and come asking for your help, for without it we will not have eyes to see the glory of our Savior Jesus. So teach us more of him this day. Reveal his glory to us, we ask. Give us joy and peace in his name. And do it for the sake of your glory among us and in us and through us, we pray. Amen. Uh, as you've been shopping the past few weeks, or maybe yesterday for some of you, I wonder if at any point did you say to yourself, what am I going to get them? Which is maybe why you had to wait till yesterday. You just couldn't, you couldn't figure out. They, they don't need anything. Or maybe you were talking to them and you know you're getting together with families or friends later and you're trying to figure out this present. You kind of give them a hint like, I need some help here, help me out. And they say, don't worry about it. I don't need anything which again didn't help you out, so you were still scrounging around yesterday for something for this, pe this person who doesn't need anything. Because maybe in respect to presents you could give them, it's true. They really don't have anything that they, or that you couldn't give them already, excuse me, you couldn't give them anything they didn't already have. But I don't think that doesn't mean they don't need anything. Because Isaiah 9 reveals something everybody needs whether we know it or not, or whether we want to admit it or not. In Isaiah 9, uh, Israel is just on the brink of war because of their unfaithfulness to God. Uh, their king, Ahaz, he is idolatrous and prideful, and the Assyrians are coming at the end of chapter 8. It's going to bring them into deep darkness and anguish, God says. The Assyrians are coming as God's instruments of judgment against his people's sin. But before they arrived, God offered Ahaz a way out of this disaster that was looming on the horizon. Yet Ahaz was unwilling to humble himself before God, which ensured his doom and the judgment of Israel. It's their sin that thrusts them into the deep darkness, distress, and the gloom of anguish that we see beginning here in chapter Nine, But in a pattern of uh, Old Testament prophecies that's repeated here, it's in the darkness of sin and death. When there looked like there was no hope, God makes a promise. 
into the darkness would come a light that would put death's dark shadows to flight. And in that darkness, in the depth of gloom and anguish, when you hear the promise rescue you need is going to come, you can imagine the joy that flooded their hearts when they heard this news. It's coming. But then the twist, right? The great rescue they needed was a baby. Mighty Assyrian army. Tiny little baby. And not lots of tiny little babies. One. One son. Really? Yes, because this promised son isn't just any son. He's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And so last Sunday, we looked at this promised son who is the joy of our longing hearts because we can't plan our way out of our darkness. So, come, so in comes wonderful counselor to show and be the way. And he's mighty God with us. So he not only plans our salvation, he has the power to accomplish it. And today, for our few moments together, we're going to continue to consider God's answer to humanity's greatest problem, the promised son, the son who is everlasting father and prince of peace. Now, this passage is so familiar to many of us. I wonder if you've really thought about it in a while. But isn't it strange to call a baby everlasting father? I mean, when the nurses asked Becky and I what we were going to name our kids after their birth, nothing remotely close to everlasting or father came to mind. I mean, I was the father, not the other way around. And nothing in this world lasts. So why would we call a baby everlasting? In all the things that we could come to mind to call this baby, why everlasting father? Why will this child be known as such? I wonder if you noticed in verse 6, if you look at it, it tells us four names this son will be called. But it says his name. His name shall be called, and then gives us four, four things. It doesn't say his names will be plural. It says his name. So we've given a hint that this isn't literally his name, but it's what he will be called. It, the prophecy is telling us the kind of man this son will be. We'll call him these things because they reflect the kind of person he will grow up to be. And these names then not only tell us about the kind of son he will be, it also tells us about the kind of problem we're in. If God sends this to be the solution, well, then the solution tells us something about the problem, right? As great as people's intentions may be, have you ever had someone offer up a solution to one of your problems, and you thought, even while the words were still coming out of their mouth, that's ridiculous. That's not going to help at all. Have you ever had that, or is it just me, right? You've had that problem, and they try to help, but every time they come up with something, you're like, that's not going to work. And so I wonder if Israel started feeling that a bit when they... they heard this rescue was coming, but in the form of a baby, they might begin to doubt if God really knows the depth of their problem. And he does, because then he begins revealing these names. God knows our predicament more than we do, and so God sends what we truly need. He sends a son who is everlasting father. So what does that reveal about our problems this Christmas morning? 
Well, just as sin left us in need of salvation's wisdom, so we needed a mighty counselor because we could not plan our way out of our mess, and just as sin left us in need of salvation's power, we needed someone to accomplish that plan because we could not, so God sent mighty God. Sin has left us homeless in this world, fatherless. We are orphans. Sin has orphaned us, and so God sends everlasting Father. And for those of you who grew up in stable homes, you love going home. You might not feel the need for a father. You have a good earthly father. And maybe you're here this morning with that father, and you were excited while you were packing, just longing to get home. You have that sense of longing deep within weeks before Christmas begins because you want to just get home. Or maybe if you're older, you long for that moment when all your kids walk back through the door and they're finally home. And if you grew up in a not very stable home, in a very rough situation, and you have no longing to go home, in fact, you long to come here this morning because you know this is your family, and you have no desire to go back home. In fact, the only desire when you think of home is to stay as far away as possible. Well, you too long for home. It's just one that you never had. And many of us who have lost loved ones over the years, what home was once like is now vastly different, and it's never going to be the same. And I don't know which, which one uh, or where you fall maybe on that spectrum this morning, but though we all long for home in different way, uh, ways, we all long for home because it's what we were created for. We read about it earlier in the service, this home we had with life with God in perfection, that home that sin ruined. And when sin entered the world, every human became homeless. We were orphaned, not because our father abandoned us, but because we abandoned our father. And so no matter what your home life is or was like in sin, every one of us is an orphan. And it actually gets worse. We're not just orphan. Ephesians 2 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins and whence you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. We're not just homeless. We're homeless children deserving God's wrath for our sin of rebelling against him, of leaving our Father. And Ephesians 2 goes on to say that we were without God and without hope in this world. Apart from God, no life, dead, deserving wrath. Does that not sound a lot like Isaiah 9? In the darkness that begins the first few verses of it? But, but, into the darkness and gloom of judgment and death, God sends everlasting Father. And he will be known as everlasting Father because that's not his name, it's what he's going to be known by. Fathers give life. And so this is how we know Jesus fulfills this prophecy. He's the son who was born to die to give his people life. That's why John 3 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
Jesus was born to die on the cross so that he would give his people life. That's why he came into our darkness, to be lifted up on the cross, to give himself over to death in our place for our sins, so that whoever, whoever believes in him would have eternal life. And that's the joy of this morning, isn't it? That's the joy that all the presents under the tree and all the meals and all the fun things that we have today, they're echoes, they're shadows of this ultimate joy. That no matter what gift you have already or will receive later today, none can give you this life that you truly need. None can give you the home you long for. It's only found in Jesus. And Jesus doesn't promise to erase all the bad or loss you've experienced. When you come into his arms, he doesn't undo all the bad things that have happened on this side of eternity. But he does promise that any who come to him will find a home with him. Later in the Gospel of John, he says, those who come to him, he will make his home with them, and he will never leave them nor forsake them. None who come to him will be turned away. That doesn't erase the bad or the loss that you uh, may feel, the hurt or the longing that you may have, but it points us to the truth that we were made for something more. You were made for something more, and it can only be found in Jesus, our everlasting Father. The joy of every longing heart is Jesus, for it's only in Him that those who are far off, those who were without God and without hope in this world, will be brought into the loving arms of their Heavenly Father, forever. That's the love we all long for. That's the home we're all looking for. The joy of every longing heart is not found in the things of this world, but it's found that no matter where you go, no matter what happens to you, you will never be separated from Jesus if you come to him. And this son being wonderful and mighty and loving and life-giving, if that wasn't enough, we're also told he's prince of peace. Prince of peace. World leaders so often talk about peace during this time of year. You'll hear it today if you listen to the news or the radio. It's just, it's so uh, prevalent during our times to talk about peace. It's almost meaningless. And this past week, Ukraine's president addressed our Congress. And though everyone agrees the Russian aggression is horrific, after that uh, address to our joint session of Congress was over, what filled the airwaves? fighting about how to fight the fight, fighting about what peace is and how to get it and what we're supposed to do and how we can accomplish it. Just lots of fighting. We can't agree on what peace is or how to achieve it. But there's no peace in this world because there's not peace between God and man. If the nations won't bow the knee to God, if they keep raging against God, they won't have peace with each other. But if Jesus was born, and he was, and if he will be prince of peace and our world is still like this, is he really a prince of peace? What kind of prince of peace doesn't bring any peace? Why is the world still like it is? And that's the tension of this morning, isn't it? Even this morning, more bombs fell on Ukraine. More lives lost. And we sang that line, and in despair I bowed my head. The Prince of Peace was born, but there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and marks the song. 
peace on earth. It seems, seems to kind of mock reality, doesn't it? To sit in a room, it's a little too toasty for me. Maybe you like it. Maybe you're still freezing. But there's no bombs dropping on us. And everything might not be okay, but we know as soon as we walk outside, the brokenness of the world confronts us once again, and we know the world around us is not full of peace. It seems to mock the song of peace on earth. There, but there's no peace because of sin. It's not because Jesus isn't the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace because he is the answer that we need to find true peace. Peace won't come from spreading good cheer for all to hear. Peace won't come from being nice to your siblings for just one day for your mother's sake, please. Peace won't come when you fill up on turkey because that's what you really should eat today. For all you ham lovers, you're wrong. And you have a couple of pumpkin pieces, pieces of pumpkin pie and you're just full and you're like, there it is. You unbutton the top button and you just take a nice nap because the Lions lost yesterday so they can't ruin Christmas for you. There's, just, there, there's so many ways today that you will be tempted to find peace. But it won't come from any of those things. It won't come from getting on your best behavior for a few hours. It won't come from getting yourself together. It's Jesus. Jesus brings peace, but not on our terms. Not on our terms. He brings them on his own terms. Peace will come when the nations stop raging because Jesus will install his kingdom and establish it and conquer his enemies. And it started on the cross. It started when he went into our grave. And it culminated on Easter Sunday when he rose off the gravestone and crushed the head of our serpent once and for all. That there is now life because of his blood which brought us peace. Peace comes when our striving against God ceases. Are you feeling peaceful this morning? Is there a war maybe going on even within? Peace comes when your striving against God ceases and you bow the knee to him. And that's why the world isn't filled with peace. It's not because Jesus isn't the Prince of Peace or he's a fraud or a fake. There's no peace in this world because this world is at war with God. And Romans 3 puts it this way. There is no one righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. Why? There is no fear of God before their eyes. We don't often think about it, but Christmas is truly about the fear of God. About who we are in our sin and what that sin deserves. But God, into the darkness, sent a light. He sent a Savior because the Bible is very clear. There's no peace for we're at war with God. We're enemies. And so the Bible continues to be clear. Every enemy will be conquered. Every rebel will be defeated. We read it in Isaiah 9. Justice and righteousness shall reign. And so we're confronted with the truth that every one of us has gone our own way. We have no one to blame but ourselves for the state of our world. We walked away from God and into the thickness of darkness of sin and death. Yet, God came down into our trouble. 
not to rub it in, not to say, I told you so, but to carry our sorrows, to bear our sin and shame. He came first down into our trouble to be our peace. Jesus came first not to condemn the world, but to save it by being the propitiation for our sins, to make peace with God. So we'll call the Son Prince of Peace because he himself is our peace. And we're told later in Isaiah how our world, which is desperately in need of this peace, how that will come to fruition when this promised Son becomes the suffering servant. We read this in Isaiah 53, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. That's the birth we celebrate today. The one who came to be our peace by bearing all that we deserved upon himself so that we might know joy and life and peace. Today you'll probably hear lots of questions as we close with a song and walk out of here and go to more family gatherings. You're going to hear lots of questions. Like, I wonder what this present is. Or can I open it? Or when's grandma arriving? Or when are we eating? Or can I have more Christmas cookies? Or can I have a fifth piece of pumpkin pie? Or are we there yet? Lots of questions that will probably fill the rest of your afternoon. But as we gather this Christmas Lord's Day, we gather it because I want to ask you the most important question you could ever ask. One that I hope you keep asking throughout the day. As you hear these other questions, I hope it triggers this question when the answers are done. What child is this? Amidst all the questions you could think and ponder about today, what child is this is the most important one. Who is this son given? And the Gospel of Luke reveals it's Jesus. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. That child promised in Isaiah 9, that son given, here he is. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And there's something in that last verse there that often goes unnoticed. It's not peace to all. It is peace on earth, but it's not peace to all. It's peace to whom God is pleased which means the Son wasn't given to all. It was given to us. Who is that us? This Savior that isn't a Savior to all. He's a Savior to those whom he came to save. And who is that? Who is this Savior for? Well, he's a Savior for those who turn and trust in him. He's a Savior for those who know they can't save themselves and humbly throw themselves upon God's mercy. He's a savior to those who know salvation won't come by their trying harder or their doing better. He's a savior to those in darkness, 
to those in anguish, to those in gloom, who need a light of salvation to shine upon them. In other words, Jesus is a savior of sinners. And that's the wonder of Christmas, isn't it? What child is this? Well, it's when we stood condemned in darkness. God sent Jesus into our trouble to bear our sins and carry our sorrows, to be the peace we needed himself. So friend, I wonder if you found the answer to the joy your longing heart longs for this morning by knowing and answering the question, what child is this? Because the joy you long for won't be found uh, in nostalgia and anyone walking through the door this day, no, no circumstances. It won't be found in any present that is wrapped under a tree. The joy we all long for will never be found in something. It will only be found in someone, Jesus Christ. So the joy of every longing heart is this son, promised in Isaiah 9, who came in the Gospels, like we read in Luke, that one night in Bethlehem long ago. The joy of every longing heart is this son who came to set his people free from sin and death's dark tyranny. And so may the joy of your heart be this wonderful God who when we had no hope of salvation planned a way to save a people. This mighty God who cannot be stopped in accomplishing that plan. The everlasting Father who is alone life and love and light. This Prince of Peace who is our peace with God. So brothers and sisters, as you leave today, if your joy is Jesus and you have ears to hear, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead and does not sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let's pray. Our Father, we have nothing to do but to cover our mouths in wonder and worship. And we praise you for the privilege of gathering with your people on this Christmas Lord's Day. And we pray throughout the day, no matter what the rest of it holds for every one of us, that the good earthly gifts that we're about to receive and enjoy would point us throughout the day to the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ. And that the, the joy that we have in family and friends would point us to the joy that we have coming when your kingdom will be established and we will be your people and you will be our God forever and ever and ever. And until that day comes, we pray that you would give us the grace to await, to eagerly wait your coming and to proclaim your excellencies to those around us, the excellencies of the God whose light shined upon us when we were in darkness and that we would do all this for the praise of your glorious grace. Send us out singing of our Savior, and send us out awaiting his return, we pray. Amen.